My name is Will Manny, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Long Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's like Fidel scores! Paul Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie Elmiller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we have all the latest news from all your favorite professional lacrosse leagues. Happy to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. As usual, I, Hutton, am joined by my co-host, Adam. Adam, how are you today? I'm good, brother. Trying to stay cool, man. It's it's like a heat index of 107 here in Baltimore, so I'm I'm trying to stay inside. I walked my dog earlier, and he was not having it, so uh, I'm going to stay try and stay cool today. Yeah, no, definitely a, a hot one, uh, but I, I know you're going to the beach soon, and I'll be going to the beach soon, so it'll be nice to hit the ocean a little bit and cool off, but, you know, a lot of great lacrosse games this weekend. We Even though the PLL was off... Um, some great MLL games. If you decide not to tune in, you miss some good ones. Even the WPL had some good games as well. In addition to those games we're going to talk about, we also have the MLL All-Star Game rosters and some Game of Thrones-inspired team names, as well as an exclusive interview with WPLL Pride goalie and Team USA goalie Liz Hogan. And we're going to talk about the trade deadline for the PLL that's coming up on July 22nd. So a lot to do today. Uh, let's get into our fast break. Adam, why don't you take it away? This past Thursday, the Lizards defeated the Cannons in a big victory for them, 15-12. to The Outlaws defeated the Blaze, 18-17. to On Saturday, the Cannons were able to hold off the Blaze, 17-16, to in another close one. On Sunday, the Bayhawks snuffed the Rattlers for a comeback victory, 13-11. to The PLL obviously was off this weekend, but we did have some games that were postponed previously for the WPLL uh, made up at Loyola University this past weekend. The Brave were able to beat the Command 13-9, and in Game 2, the Pride topped the Fire 16-12 to knock the Fire out of playoff contention. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, the WPLL and the playoff outlook a little bit later on, but that's your fast break for the week. All right, so that's your fast break. Uh, Now let's do our quick stick. Uh, The MLL announced that the 2019 MLL Championship weekend will be held in Denver, with the semifinal games being played at Denver University's Peter Barton Stadium on October 4th, and the championship will be held at Dick's Sporting Goods Field. Um, Interesting there, Dick's Sporting Goods Field is also home to uh, the PLL weekend following the All-Star Game, so it's nice to get a little comparison between the turnouts uh, for both the PLL and the MLL. In addition to that, the Halifax Thunderbirds, previously the Rochester Nighthawks, just announced a new coach. Micah Kersey is a five-time NLL champion, most notably played with the Rochester Nighthawks, will be their coach in their first season as the Thunderbirds. The NBC Sports PR department recently released its mid-season report for the PLL. They announced that the Chaos Atlas game from Week 2 had a total viewership of 412,000 viewers, which is the most-watched outdoor pro lacrosse game in the history of television. Um, and it was only second to the 2005 NLL Indoor Championship game in terms of most-watched pro lacrosse game. So NBC is doing some great stuff with the PLL. Uh, there's a lot more interesting information in this report. You guys can go to NBC Sports Group PressBox.com uh, for the full report, but I recommend you guys check that out. And then finally on our quick stick, the MLL announced its All-Star Game rosters uh, with some Game of Thrones-inspired team names. They're going with Team Ice, which will be led by Lyle Thompson, and Team Fire, led by Rob Pinnell. Um, I don't know if that's a, actually was inspired by Game of Thrones, but I like to say it is. Um, hopefully the game itself will be more satisfying than Game of Thrones Season 8, if you guys are Game of Thrones fans. So that's the roster team names, and that's a good segue to go into the rosters. Rob Pinnell and Lyle Thompson um, went on a conference call, and they picked these teams. You can see the video online. 
We've shared it on our website. But for Team Fire, led by Rob Pinnell, you have Mark Cockerton, Steele Stanwick, Dylan Malloy, Shane Jackson, Kyle Denoff, Nick Mariano, Jack Curran, Zach Courier, Mike Schlosser, Kevin Crowley, James Fahey, Jake Pulver, Jack Kerrigan, Ben Randall, Alex Whittle, Greg Pusculjian, Rylan Reese, TJ Camizio, Chris Madelon, and Nick Morocco. And then for Team Ice, led by Lyle Thompson, you have Colin Heacock, Bryce Wasserman, John Grant Jr., Randy Stotts, Brendan Cavanaugh, Brian Cole, Brendan Sunday, Isaiah Davis Allen, Brendan Bomberry, Matt Abbott, Craig Chick, who will be replacing Liam Burns, Jesse Bernhardt, Justin Pugel, Finn Sullivan, Max Adler, Kevin Reisman, CJ Costabile, Zach Goodridge, and then Cage, Dylan Ward, and Nico Amato. So those are your all-star rosters. Um, they're both loaded. I think the most interesting storyline for me has to be uh, Shane Jackson and Randy Stotts are not on the same team. So I don't know if it's going to be a little Wonder Twins scenario where if they're not together, they're not going to be able to perform at a high level. But uh, that will be an interesting matchup to watch. Um, you have three Atlanta Blaze players in Stotts, Brian Cole, and Brendan Sunday playing on Team Ice. So I don't know if that's going to affect their uh, powers in any way since... They play for the Blaze, but we'll be on Team Ice. Some other storylines that we thought were interesting. Will ESPN2 announcers make ice and fire puns throughout the game? If they don't, I mean, we certainly will on our social media. Um, and we had a, we have a write-up on our website, you know, kind of going into more, you know, what to watch. But, uh, yeah, no, we're excited for this All-Star game. Um, we're actually going to have some coverage from it as well. But yeah, uh, some interesting names with the ice and fire. I, I'm not sure how I feel about them right now. I think it's a, a cool way to split them up, you know, and the uniforms look really good. Uh, they just recently released those. But yeah, we, we got to get some Game of Thrones references. Come on. I mean, if we got Joe Beninati and Quint Kesnick in the, in the booth for this MLL game, I, I'm hoping, you know, they at least uh, have some tongue-in-cheek references to it. So we'll see. We'll be watching. Uh, you guys can watch that on ESPN2 on July 27th. Or, uh, you know, if you're in the Baltimore, Annapolis area, you can go see it at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis uh, live and in person. So um, definitely going to be a fun game to watch, and we're looking forward to covering it for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And if only the uh, the San Francisco Dragons were, were, were still in the league, we'd, uh, we'd even have some more Game of Thrones puns to go around. R.I.P. San Francisco Dragons. <laughs> All right, well, now that we're on the topic of MLL, let's discuss the Lizards-Cannons game. Adam, why don't you tell me about this game that – was a really big win for the Lizards uh, and kind of kept their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, absolutely. One of their biggest stars, not named Rob Pinnell, really came up big uh, in this 15-12 to victory uh, for, for the Zards. Dylan Malloy uh, had four goals in the day. One of them probably the best goal I've arguably seen all season. He literally um, was able to snag a ball off the end line through someone's legs, then pretty much truck-sticked. Um, one of the Boston uh, defenders to go to cage for, for a pretty fantastic goal. Um, you have to give it to the Zards. They hung around. They were, they were down by three after uh, the first half, but really came out in the second half firing on all cylinders. That third quarter was really the difference when it came to the scores. The, the first, second, and fourth were, were pretty close. So it was a really strong performance by the Lizards, who had six players score at least two goals on the day for that well-rounded outburst. 
um, which they were really needing when it came to um, keeping in the playoff hunt. Uh, so they have three games coming up soon, uh, three straight games against the, the Bayhawks. Um, so they're, they're in the thick of things again. Just as we said last week, um, it really came down to this one, and then going forward, that they have some, some big games coming up. You know, the Lizards really seem like they, uh, they had a fire under them. I think, you know, being 1-5 uh, was you know, as disappointing as a start as you can get, and I think um, they really came out to play. I mean, you had Rob Pinnell um, getting a huge ground ball, you know, early in the game, um, which ended up leading to a transition uh, goal by Justin Ray. You know, like little things like that, like to go across the midline and, you know, get a GB um, kind of shows that it takes a team effort and you have the, their biggest stars on the team like him and Dylan Malloy, you know, really stepping up. Um, and to quote the great uh, yodeling kid, Mason Ramsey, if you don't want no giddy up, then giddy out of Dylan Malloy's way because he bulldozed through multiple cans defenders to get that goal. It made Sports Center's top 10. Definitely one of my favorite goals of the year. When we do a, a, a recap of the best goals of the year at the end of the season, um, that's definitely going to be on it. I mean, it had a little bit of everything. You can't ask for a better play. Um, so way to represent Dylan Malloy. We'll have to have him on the podcast at some point. But yeah, overall, big win for the Lizards and a much-needed one that will hopefully keep their playoffs hopes alive as we head into the you know second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And and give a shout-out to Lizards goalie Austin Kaut, who had 16 saves on the day, um, held Mark Cockerton to just one goal. Um, so that that was a big one. We've been waiting for that Cout game to come about, and, and it finally did. Yep, no, d- definitely. And we had another great game uh, following that one on that Thursday. Uh, the Outlaws versus the Blaze was a nail-biter. Um, Outlaws got off to a quick start, but they kind of let the Blaze hang around. Um, it seemed like the Outlaws were kind of dominating, but they kept letting the Blaze get some easy ones, and uh, Brendan Sunday ended up getting a goal with 16 seconds left in the second quarter that um, kind of you know gave the Blaze some momentum going into the, the next half. Um, they only trailed by four at that point, and they came out hot in the third quarter. And then with five minutes left in the fourth, with the game tied at 15, Dylan Ward made a huge save, um, and Newbold ended up getting the ground ball and forcing transition, which led to a two-point rip from him to uh, give the Outlaws a 17-15 lead. But the Blaze showed that they weren't going to go down without a fight all day. Um, less than 20 seconds later, they answered with Shane Jackson's first goal of the day. Um, and then Brennan Sunday had a super nice crease dive with 2.40 left to play to tie the game at 17. And it looked like we were poised for overtime at this point, but the Blaze got a controversial shot clock violation. Uh, so if you guys were watching the game, the shot clock actually went off. Um, but they said that it was a technical error on the shot clock's part and that they had actually used up all the time on the shot clock, and so they awarded the ball back to Denver with 20 seconds left, and that kind of gave Denver um, you know, an opportunity to put one away. And they got their open look in Kavanaugh, but his shot ended up hitting off the post, and it ended up being Courier who got the rebound to score the game winner with only two seconds left. So a tough loss for the Blaze. Um, that wouldn't be their only tough loss, unfortunately, of the weekend. But overall, a great game. The big guys on the Outlaws came to play. You had Chris Aslanian, four goals, one assist. Ryan Lee from RIT, who's only played in three games, um, he had three goals and an assist. You know, he's had a lot of work conflicts, which have prevented him from making most of the Thursday games. Um, but he made this one, and he made the most of it. Overall, though, a great game from the Outlaws and the Blaze, and it was a, a tough one for the Blaze to lose because they would travel back home to Atlanta to face the Cannons in another close one for the Blaze. It was back and forth in the first two quarters, ended up the Blaze leading 9-7 at halftime, but the Cannons limited Atlanta to one shot in the third quarter and eventually scored 10 straight goals to take a 17-10 lead 
late in the fourth quarter. Um, so it really looked you know, like the game was out of reach for the Blaze. But Dylan Maher scored two two-point goals for the Blaze. They, if you look at them both, they looked almost identical. And Maher's second two-point goal ended up pulling the Blaze within one with two minutes left to play. And then the Blaze were able to get the possession back with a minute left after a delay of game penalty by the Cannons that actually saw Nick Morocco have to go sit in the penalty box. So that's when you had rookie Tate Boyce come in, who had never played an MLL game in his life, to go up against Blaze's lethal man up, um, and he made probably the save of the year. Stotts found Jackson right on the doorstep, wide open, and Bush just blanked him right on the crease. I mean, you saw Shane Jackson's body language after this. He just crouched down. He couldn't believe that he missed this wide open goal. That would have, you know, tied it up with just a minute left, um, and that ended up being the game-winning save. Uh, Tate Boyce, rookie out of Providence College, you know, coming up big, making his only save of the day uh, in his first MLL game, and it happened to be, you know, the game winner. Yeah, man, that, that's every goalie's dream, right? Maybe maybe play a little bit more than that, but uh, coming up with that big one-on-one save to, to finalize a victory uh, for your team, it's been a tough one. That's a tough weekend for the Blaze. They had to play four games in eight days, travel from the Baltimore area back home, then to Denver back home. It, that's a lot of traveling, and there, there's... A lot of things that could have swayed their way to, to give them two victories this weekend. And it's a shame the first game kind of maybe not exactly came down to that uh, clock error. But uh, that's a tough one. And it it's a frustrating weekend for them because uh, they could be a lot higher in the standings if, if it had uh, fared, kind of swayed their way rather than uh, the other. But they're they're currently in fourth place at 4-4. Four and four. Um, So we'll, we'll see what happens kind of going forward. All you can say is just like the PLL, um, the standings are pretty close, and you know, a couple weeks ago we were worried that the MLL um, might already know who those four teams are, and depending on how right after the All-Star break goes, that may be the case still, um, and I still think the, the four in playoff position right now, Outlaws, Cannons, Bayhawks, and Blaze are the, the four best teams, but you never know what can happen with those, uh, those Lizards going forward after a spark like they had this weekend. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think the Rattlers are done after their lost to the Bayhawks this weekend. You know, I was watching the, the Bayhawks-Rattlers game out this weekend in Hamden, and um, they had the game on, luckily, and I was super excited to watch. And, you know, I, I grabbed the drink, went back to my seat, and when I looked up, the Bayhawks were losing 7-2. Um, and, you know, it, they just didn't have it in them, despite being having that lead. They, they weren't able to hold on, and, and the usual suspects for the Bayhawks came out to play after that um, when they came back. Steel Stanwick had three and one. Lyle Thompson had two and two, which is surprisingly quiet uh, against that squad. But uh, another big game for him. So he's the league's leading scorer at this point, at the halfway point. There were some highlights for the the Rattlers. Obviously, the that early lead they they kind of came out firing all cylinders. Bradley Voigt probably had one of the the best goals of the season, a highlight real goal that you probably will see. Kind of that went viral on social media this past weekend. Um, but it was a, just another tough one, um, tough break for the Rattlers. Exciting start, similar ending to the rest of the season, and I don't really see where they go from here. Yeah, no, I, I, it's disappointing because it looked like the Rattlers were really going to you know, hold on, um, but you know they kind of just ran out of steam. Um, but you mentioned that Bradley Voigt goal. I mean, the around-the-world um, goal. Talk about, you know, we had two brilliant introductions to some rookies this weekend with Tate Boyce's save and then Bradley Voigt's uh, beautiful behind-the-back shot. Um, he just wrapped it around himself. That that was in our top plays this week. 
Welcome to the MLL. Uh, Bradley, I mean, the guy went undrafted in both the PLL and the MLL. I don't know how. He played phenomenally well at Syracuse, but, you know, we're glad that he's in the league now, and we're looking forward to um, watching him more for the Rattlers. And um, that, well, that is one of the bright spots of this Rattlers team. They do have a lot of young talent, um, so I think the future for them is bright. Um, but, you know, I, I think their inexperience is definitely showing this year. And their season is quickly dwindling away, but uh, at, at least they do have that going for them. So that concludes our MLL game recaps. Again, some great games this weekend. We're about to get into our interview with WPLL Pride goalie Liz Hogan, but before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pro Lacrosse Talk is lucky enough to have goalie Liz Hogan on the pod with us today. Liz was a standout in cage for Syracuse as a four-year starter, graduating as the program's all-time leader in saves and ground balls, as well as being the program's first keeper to ever be named to the IWLCA All-American First Team and Goalie of the Year during her junior year. She is currently a member of Team USA and the WPLL Pride. Liz, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So uh, going back a, a little bit, starting with your uh, career at Syracuse, um, we have a lot of listeners that are always curious about the recruiting process. Uh, so what went into your process during recruiting and being from the Rochester area originally, was Syracuse kind of an easy choice from the beginning? Uh, actually, it's, it wasn't. Uh, it's funny. I remember going to a uh, Syracuse game as a freshman in high school, and I remember sitting there with my mom and my sister, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll never play here. Um, <laughs> Just, you know, it's never, like, really, never really something I thought I could do. And then, uh, you know, I was a little bit, I'm a little bit older, so my recruiting process is a little bit different in the sense that I, I didn't really pick a school until my senior year. But sure. um, I was definitely a little bit uh, overlooked, and I didn't, you know, Syracuse was an option, but at the time they weren't even, you know, they hadn't even won a, a tournament game at that point. Um, and they did my senior year in high school. But, um yeah, it just kind of ended up being the perfect fit at the end. Uh, I had a couple other schools I was interested in, but Syracuse is ultimately the one that, you know, somehow found its way back into my heart. That's awesome. You know, that's great. I mean, you mentioned uh, in the four seasons you were there, um, you guys ended up making the NCAA tournament three times, and that included two Final Four appearances. So, you know, you really kind of put that program on the map. Um, obviously, Syracuse was really well-known for their men's team, and Syracuse lacrosse legend Gary Gate uh, was your coach, and he became the coach when you, you entered as a freshman. Um, how was playing for a Syracuse legend, and uh, how did he influence you not only in your playing career but also in your uh, coaching career as well? Uh, well, you know, it was, a, it was a big honor to play for Gary. I think, you know, obviously I wasn't recruited by him, but to just play for him was, was awesome. He is um, by far and away the most brilliant lacrosse mind I've ever come across, men or women. Um, and so I think as a player, it was awesome because I had the opportunity and he was willing to, you know, let his brain be picked a little bit. We've had a lot of lacrosse conversations, which, you know, obviously helped me as a player, but I think as a coach too, just to, to have his attitude and mentality of being super chill, but then also super interested in learning more about the game. Um, you know, I, I would 
I would beg to say that maybe half of the newest women's rules are because of Gary. Um, okay. Really, he loves to read the rule book. He loves to, to take a, a advantage of whatever he can. So I think I've really taken that as a both a player and a coach. That's awesome. So, so last fall during the uh, U.S. Fall Classic, um, we were watching the game and saw you drop a dime of a pass to Kylie Miller uh, to, to get an assist, and that, that was kind of the talk of the town for a little while there. Uh, you've never seemed to shy away from uh, kind of pushing the ball up the field and coming out of net to generate transition. Uh, where do you think that came from in, in your skill set, and how do you think that puts you apart from other goalies? Well, I think you just mentioned it, you know, having Gary as a coach, he was yeah. truly someone that, you know, pushed his players to try new things, whether it was, you know, the behind the back or something that hadn't really been done before. Yeah. And, you know, I think we even had uh, plays that were set up for a longer clear back when I was in college. And it really just having a, a coach that has the confidence in you to, you know, make the right choice and do the play, but also the confidence in you to, you know, adapt to the mistakes that you will eventually make. So, um, you know, I just think having that experience, it, it breeds confidence, but it also, you know, allows you to understand and, and try new things that you wouldn't normally do. That's awesome. So speaking of kind of the new roles and whatnot that are going on with uh, the WPLL, um, I was actually working the, the sidelines um, during the, the games this past weekend in Loyola, and we were waiting for someone to take the ball down the field now that the goal is to have the opportunity to potentially score. Is that something you, you might attempt at some point this season or next? <laughs> you know, I think if the opportunity presents itself, I definitely won't shy away from it. Okay. Um, I actually had a, a Rochester native ask me the other day who's going to score first, me or Blaze. So... I guess I got to like get it, it for him because he's getting up the field a lot recently. So we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. You know, and, and Blaze is actually entering the fastest shot competition this weekend, too, for the PLL. Um, so maybe, you know, the WPL will have to add a skills competition uh, in the near future. But going into that, um, how has the pro game differed from playing in college? Obviously, there's a lot of different rules that we just kind of you know, touched on a little bit. Um, but, you know, as a whole, how has making that transition been? Since my playing days in college, the rules have changed a lot just because, you know, the college game rules change, I swear, like every year. So um, I personally love it. I think the game moves a lot faster. There's no standing on the whistle. You can get that two-point play, which is really a big game changer. Hopefully it's not against me. Um, <laughs> and just overall level of skill is just unreal. You know, you're literally playing with the best players in the world. That's awesome. So you were one of the uh, first players ever drafted, actually, by uh, the other women's professional league, UWLX. Um, how is playing in the WPLL this season kind of different from that experience so far, and what are your kind of expectations going forward for the WPLL? I think the UWLX was really that first uh, first jump into the pro lacrosse world. They really sure. put you know women's lacrosse on the map, but I think the WPLL is has definitely taken it to another level, and obviously, hopefully in the future, it becomes even more of a professional game. You know, I think we're treated like pros, but I think we obviously have a long ways to go until we're, you know, professional compared to the big four sports or anything. So, you know, maybe in like 10, 20 years we'll get there, but I'm just happy to see right now that we're provided with the opportunity. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, hopefully you get there in 10, 20 years, and um Lacrosse is going to be in the Olympics in less than 10 years. So I guess tell me how important that is to you. Obviously, you play for Team USA. Um, and how do you see the sport growing in those 10 years leading up to that? Well, I think if history is any, any indication, I think it will continue to explode. Um, 
just by virtue of the the game changing and it might look a little bit different, but I think that hopefully we'll have more people not only playing, but also representing the sport too. Um, so I'm really excited to see what, what the game itself looks like, but also just the numbers and, and how big we can get it to be. Sure. And kind of going off of that, um, how has playing professionally really provided you a platform to the, grow the game, whether that's on the international level, obviously, when it comes to the Olympics, or kind of on the grassroots level here in the U.S.? Um, I think the, the biggest benefit of playing professionally and also on the U.S. team is just the access to the kids who maybe aren't so sure that they want to play lacrosse and really just connecting with them on a personal level. Uh, you know, we put on a lot of clinics. There's a lot of kids at our games. And then also just the ability to use social media to, to reach people. I think it's been um, really exciting and really rewarding to be able to talk to those kids, you know, not just only about lacrosse and saving balls, but also just life and I really wish I had a mentor growing up like that. So it's been a really exciting time. You know, definitely. I think what you're doing uh, at the youth level and, you know, the, the growth that the sport is seeing at the youth level is um, incredible. And, uh, you know, I think it's just going to continue to grow. And it's awesome that these uh, young athletes can now look up to professional lacrosse players and see that as something as possible. Going off of that, we're going to go into a fun little segment we call the Five and Five. Um, I'm going to start off and ask you five lacrosse-related questions, and then Adam will follow up with me, and he'll ask you five questions just about life in general. Um, you know, these are supposed to be, you know, just quick answers on whatever comes across your head, um, and hopefully you have a little fun with it, too. Okay, sounds good. All right, so our first one is, uh, what are some pregame superstitions or routines you have? The only routine that I have is I eat pasta bolognese the night before every game. Awesome. And what is your favorite lacrosse memory so far? Uh, hands down was my freshman year. We beat UNC on a, my first ever career assist, and we went to our first Final Four, and that was something that I will always remember for sure. Awesome. That's great. And which one of your WPLL Pride teammates do you find the funniest? <laughs> uh, Lauren Murray, hands down, is has got to be one of the funniest teammates on, on the Pride for sure. Is she the one usually joking around, like, in between games or even during the games, or...? Yeah, and I think she's just super sarcastic, too. She just always has a one-liner ready to go. and it's just we, we literally asked the other day in our group text if it was hard to be that funny because she's just always, <laughs> always so funny. That's great. <laughs> everyone, everyone has one of those players. Uh, we were talking to um, some Chaos guys, and apparently Blaze Reardon was, was that guy on their team. Um, but that, no, that's great. So number four, who is someone in the lacrosse community that you admire or look up to, whether it's a coach, teammate, or even an opponent? So I have two, um, and they've been kind of uh, mentors, I guess, in my career, both as a player and coach. But Maggie Cook and Reggie Thorpe were my assistant coaches at Syracuse, and I really feel like they have helped pay the way and are continually still one of my first or second phone calls whenever I have a question. No, that's awesome. And number five, what is the top song on your game day playlist right now? Uh, it's it's got to be Welcome to the Jungle, so it's oh, a go. Syracuse tradition, but also just something that I've always kept with me. <laughs> great, that's great. All right, Adam, you want to ask her the, the life questions now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was your favorite class that you took while you were at Q's? Uh, so my senior, spring of senior year, um, not on game days, I took a wine appreciation class. Okay. That was definitely my favorite class, for sure. <laughs> any, any, uh, what, what's your preferred wine? Uh, I'm definitely a cab drinker, but okay. being out here, there's a couple zins that I've, I've really started to enjoy. So, Well, that may answer this next question, but what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not on the field? 
I definitely like going wine tasting. Yep, absolutely. Um, but so being out here in California too, I, I think it's awesome that I can go to the mountains in four hours and go to the beach in like an hour. So either one of those things I love doing. I love getting outside. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite movie and why? This is tough. That's um, a tough one, I know. I don't know if I have a favorite movie. I will say I'm an absolute sucker for Hallmark movies. <laughs> I know they all end the same, and I know it's the same plot, but I love them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's almost the holiday season, right? So there'll be a couple new ones on there coming up. Oh, they already got Christmas in July. I've been watching. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. Number four is, what is your favorite meal, and do you prefer to dine in, take out, or cook at home? Uh, I do a lot of cooking at home, and like I said, Possible and is probably my favorite. It's also my pregame. Um, outside of that, I love grilling, so any kind of like tri-tip, steak, any kind of meat really is great. <laughs> it goes well with that wine, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and number five, what's a book on your bookshelf currently that you've read or are reading right now that you'd recommend to a friend or teammate? Oh, that's a good one. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. <laughs> um, so I would actually say there's this book that's called, well, there's actually a, a Netflix show about it, but it's about, um, I think it's called Fats, Oils, Salt, and something. I'll have to get the name for it, but it's really good. It's a Netflix series, but there's also a book about it, too, and it's basically how to use those four elements in your cooking and how that kind of changes everything. Okay. Awesome. Well, that, that might be something that I'd be interested in. I'm, I'm always trying to like come up with new recipes because I'm not a very good cook, but I do like to, to meal prep. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to, to check that out. Yeah. And if you want, you can always watch the, uh, watch the Netflix series first. You don't have to read it. Yeah, that, that might be a good uh, segue into it. So thank you. Uh, that, th those were great answers. Um, we like to have a little fun, you know, and I think that's a good way to kind of just some good like quick questions to kind of get to know you better, you know, not just as a player, but also... Um, as a person. Um, but our final question today, before we let you go, is what advice do you have for young lacrosse players hoping to play at the college level or now the pro level? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I would give to them is just, you know, immerse yourself in the game and to try a lot of different things, a lot of different ways. I think all too often we get like the one coach who teaches us the one way. And, you know, you really limit yourself as a player if you don't really do your homework and research the game because there's always more than one way to approach something, whether it's a shot or a save. So to really just soak up everything, every piece of information, whether you agree with it or not, just to kind of become an encyclopedia of lacrosse is, is really the biggest thing I can give to the next generation. No, that's that's awesome. You know, and I, I think what you guys are doing um, is great because, you know, we talked to Kylie Olmiller a little bit and how it's, it's kind of nice now that the current generation can have aspirations to be a professional lacrosse player, um, and you guys are paving the way for that. So, um, you know, kudos to you. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you guys are doing a great job, and we'll, we'll enjoy watching you guys in person and on ESPN3. Um, so, and, you know, best of luck. I know you guys have your final game this weekend against the Brave. So best of luck to that, and, uh, you know, thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, you just heard Liz Hogan. Um, we're looking forward to watching her play in their final regular season game coming up this weekend. We're going to get into the WPLL games from last weekend now. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, 
Hey guys, it's Hutton. I want to thank you for listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. One of our sponsors today is Simply Oils with Laura. Simply Oils with Laura sells an array of essential oil products. But essential oils aren't just for making your house smell good. As an athlete, I actually use essential oils such as Breathe and Past Tense when I'm working out. Breathe helps open up my airways. Past Tense alleviates any stress that I may have. And I even use a blend called Deep Blue to alleviate muscle soreness. If you're interested in learning more about essential oils and how they can aid in your workout regimen, please visit my.doterra.com slash Laura Jackson. That's my.doterra.com slash Laura Jackson. All right, so welcome back. Uh, that was our interview with Liz Hogan. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that. It was great having Liz on the podcast. She's actually our first goalie that we've had on the podcast, so I know Adam enjoyed that. We'll hopefully have some more um, goalies on in the future. Uh, but let's get into these WPLL games. Uh, why don't we start out with the Command and the Brave that started first on Friday. Adam, you were in Baltimore at Loyola for the game. Uh, what did you see out of this Command and Brave game? Yeah, this this was a, a fantastic matchup of of two pretty strong teams too. Now now we know um, playoff bound squads. Um, rookie Dempsey Arsenault had five points on the day uh, for the Brave with one goal and four assists. And then last year's league MVP Marie McCool came up with the same amount of points, but in reverse, she had four goals and one assist. So um, fantastic game uh, for the Brave. Uh, Dana Doby also notched a couple goals. Uh, for them on her home turf since she's an assistant at Loyola, which was pretty cool to watch. There actually was about six or seven players um, on the weekend that uh, were there playing from Loyola University for the Greyhounds. Um, so it was pretty awesome that at, in the intermission of the uh, Game 1 and Game 2, they, the Greyhounds actually took a photo with Kamish uh, Jen Adams, who is the current head coach of Loyola. So it was a pre- pretty awesome moment for, for them to play. Um, at back at Ridley Athletic Complex, despite it being a, a makeup game from last week, so um, pretty awesome to see. But great game by the Brave. The command played well, and most of the statistics were were pretty close when it came to the team stats. But the big difference was at the draw control. Um, the Brave won seventeen to the command's eight, and that was mainly because of Marie McCool. Um, she had an awesome game, and hopefully she'll continue on um, with that success once the playoffs hit in a few weeks. Yeah, so the command, you know, dropping this game, uh, looked like their their playoff hopes could be in, hanging in the balance with this being their last game. Uh, so they awaited the winless fire um, and to see what they had to do against the Pride. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that game, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. Despite the score being 16-12 to 12 as the outcome, it was actually a lot closer than it seemed. The Pride were able to put a deep two-point goal um, in late once the, the Fire had pulled their goalie um, to solidify their victory. But the, the Fire had a chance to tie this one up late. They got a couple two-point shots off um, in the last minute of the game that missed, and uh, they just weren't able to, to pull this one out. But it was probably their best, arguably their best game of the, the year. Hannah Nielsen for, for the Fire came up huge four goals, three assists on the day. Um, so really, really strong performance by her and other members of the Fire. But the Pride just had the more well-balanced offense. They actually had six players score at least two goals in the game. Sammy Joe Tracy, who we've talked about on the pod um, numerous times. Another big day at the draw control, 118 to the Fires 12. Liz Hogan, um, friend of the pod, obviously had a strong game in cage. And unfortunately, this one knocks the fire out of the playoffs. And we have our four teams They'll head to uh, Yale for the semifinals and then back to Sparks, Maryland uh, for the championship in a few weeks. So uh, really successful season two so far for, for the WPLL and looking forward to watching some really competitive ball going forward. 
Yeah, so like you said, you know, the, the playoff field is set. You have the, the Brave will play the Pride, um, you know, the two and the three seed, uh, and then the fight will take on the command as the one and the four seed, um, respectively. Um, you know, it's still got one more week of the regular season, uh, even though the Fires' playoffs hopes have been ousted. They will take on the fight next week, um, and then the Pride will play the Brave next week as well, um, kind of just for bragging rights, even though, you know, one will get the two seed, one will get the three seed, depending on the winner. Um, they'll still end up playing each other in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, no, some, some great games this weekend. It was great for us to, you know, have you there, Adam, um, and I'm sure you enjoyed the product live. And since the game was rescheduled so late notice, that was the only way really to watch these games was to go in person. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, great to see the product on the field. And we're looking forward to the final regular season weekend and the championship coming up as well. So following that, uh, we do want to discuss the PLL a little bit. Even though they had their off week uh, and they're preparing for their all-Star Weekend this coming weekend. Uh, the trade deadline is upon us. July 22nd will be the end of the PLL trade season, um, and we still have some potential trades that might be out there. I know you met, mentioned, Adam, it's, it's kind of interesting trying to talk about um, you know, some in-season and off-season moves that might be made because we don't really know how long these players' contracts are, um, you know, as well as every team's kind of still in it. Even the 1-5 Chrome have the best goal differential, and they have a chance, you know, to make a run if they put some wins together. So no one's really in sell mode. Um, you know, we could see some buyers. Tell me what you're thinking this final week of the PLL trade season, and who are some players that you think could either be on the move, um, or do you see most of the teams kind of sit and put this final week? At this point in the season, I'm I'm not sure what what the squads are going to do. You know, we we talked about some players who could be on the move. It'd be a, a great opportunity for Chris Cloutier um, to make a move. I don't think they've been utilizing him as much as they could um, with the Atlas this year. And I think he'd be an awesome addition for the Chaos with his style of play. I think he'd fit really well into that system. Not sure what they'd have to give up potentially, and and what the Atlas would want back. But I think he'd be a fantastic fit um, when it comes to, to what the chaos bring to the field every week. You know, i got to agree with you about Kluche. Um, I, he just really hasn't meshed well with this attack, you know, with McArdle and, and Law and um, Ryan Brown. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think a change of scenery would be good. I do like him going to the chaos because I think his style would fit in well with, you know, with uh, Connor Fields and, and Miles Thompson. Um, but that would leave somewhat of a hole for the Atlas, and that's why I really like Joey Sankey maybe getting traded to the Atlas. I know he's injured right now, but that's a guy I think that can really run that offense from X, uh, can score in a variety of different ways, and I would love to see him feeding you know, Ryan Brown uh, for some time and room looks. Um, so you know, I don't know what his health status is right now. Obviously, the Redwoods added Jules Henningberg, and Ryder Garnsey has been playing well for them. Um, in addition to Matt Cavanaugh and Wes Berg. So there's really not a lot of room on that offense, really, for Sankey when he does come back. Um, so that's why I, I think he might be a potential trade tri- chip. You know, obviously he was a great player at UNC, um, and I'd really like to see him go back to his uh, Carolina Blue Colors and maybe join the Atlas. Um, and there's another attackman. I know we're sticking mostly with attackmen here, but another attackman that's kind of been on our radar that could get moved, and I know um, Tanner Demling, uh, of lacrosse bucket kind of threw this name out there. Kevin Rice would be a guy um, who really has been kind of quiet on the archers. I think he does a lot more off ball than we give him credit, but he's another guy I think that would really benefit from a change of scenery as well. I know you mentioned, Adam, about the goalie situation kind of being set in stone. I, we don't really see any goalies getting moved. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on, on the goalie situation. I think the the changes in goal and cage 
that have happened this year so far are, are the changes you're going to see. You know, uh, I think it seems like the Archers are, are moving forward with Drew Adams as their starter. Uh, that obviously could change, but I, I think um, that's their change of scenery in cage for, for the Archers. Uh, I think everyone else is pretty set, and even, even the Chrome, who um, kind of went back and forth with Galloway and Brett Queener until Queener got hurt, um, I think they're set, and I, I don't think Galloway has been their problem this year. So um, whether it's the two rookies and Timmy Troutner and Jack Kincannon um, or Kyle Burnlor, who obviously isn't going anywhere soon, um, I, think, I think we're set in cage going forward. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we'll uh, both have our eyes on uh, this PLL trade deadline as it approaches, you know, July 22nd, right after the, the All-Star break. Um, so we'll keep our eyes peeled and we'll let you guys know uh, on our social media channels if anything goes down before that deadline. Um, but that kind of brings us to our game picks, Adam. We both went 4-4 four and four on the weekend. Um, Adam, you're sitting at 13-14, and 14, just a little bit below 500. i am at 15-12. and 12. So still neck and neck for us on the season. No PLL games this weekend again, but who do you like between Team Rambo and Team Baptiste in the All-Star game on Saturday? I'm going to have to go with Team Rambo in this one. He, he has a squad uh, that, that, that's pretty strong on all cylinders. Not that Trevor doesn't have an awesome squad as well, but I'm going to go uh, with Team Rambo in this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Baptiste. Uh, you know, I think his attack group that he picked is lethal, and I also think he's actually going to be the most interesting player to watch on that team just because I think the best matchup for him would have been Joe Nardella but he wasn't voted an all-star we have Greg Grenlin out there who's coming off of a hamstring injury so again we're going to see the teacher versus the master on this all-star game um, but I think I'm going to give Baptiste the edge who you know is currently leading the league in face-off percentage so I think his team gets a little bit more possessions and I think uh, team Baptiste comes out on top all right Adam we have some MLO games this weekend as well uh, the Blaze are visiting the Cannons, um, hopefully trying to get that win after you know coming up just short last Saturday. Who you have in this game? I'm going to take the Blaze in this one. I think they're going to be hungry to, to come back after what they did last weekend. I think that attack line comes up big again. I think Shane Jackson has a huge game, and they pull this one out in Quincy. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think the Blaze are due for a win. They've been oh so close. That attack group is, is too lethal to not get it done. You have Stotts, Shane Jackson, uh, Brendan Sunday. I mean, he had four goals, three assists in the last Cannons game. So I expect them to have a big day as well. And, you know, I think they're going to come out on top in Quincy as well. So the following game on that Saturday at 7 p.m. is the Lizards at the Bayhawks. Who are you picking in this one? I think... Just for purposes of making things exciting going forward, I'm going to go with the Lizards in this one. I think they found uh, some of that mojo that they were lacking earlier on in the season. And let's see if Dylan Malloy uh, can put that a game together uh, like he did last week and see if Rob Pinnell can be, have another strong one as well. Um, I'm going to go with the Lizards in this one. I feel like they're, um, they, they got a fire under them. I think they're out to prove something. They had a big win against the Cannons last weekend. Um, and, you know, that attack group's playing well, like you mentioned, but I think, you know, Austin Couts figured it out in cage, and this defense, uh, you know, with Ben Randall, I think is going to have this Bayhawks offense kind of on lock. It's definitely going to be a close one. The last one between these two rivals was 16-14, with the Bayhawks barely squeaking one out at the end, so I think it's going to be another close one uh, this time in Annapolis, and I'm going to pick the Lizards as well. And then our final game on Sunday, we have the Outlaws hosting the Rattlers in Denver, Adam, who are you picking in this one? 
you know what? I just don't think I'm going to pick the Rattlers to win a game until I see it with my own two eyes. So I'm going to stick with Denver in this one. They're home, play well at home, going with the Outlaws. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, you know the John Grant Jr. as Lanian squad uh, in the, the Outlaws. Uh, again, they're playing at home. They always have a big crowd at these games. And you know until the Rattlers can kind of uh, show that they can put four quarters together, I, I think I'm going to you know continue to pick against them. So I'm going Outlaws as well. All right, and then Adam, we mentioned in the WPLL, uh, we have two games. Uh, they're going to be meaningless in terms of playoff implications, but uh, still looking to watch some great women's lacrosse. So who do you have between the Pride and the Brave on Saturday? This is a super exciting one. Whoever wins this one's going to get the two seed, but and it'll be a rematch in uh, the semifinals. I think the Brave are a really strong team, but I'm, I'm going to say uh, the Pride pulled this one out. Our, our guest this week, Liz Hogan, comes up big um, for a Pride victory. Yeah, I'm going to go Brave. I, I think, you know, the Dempsey Arsenault-led offense is going to, you know, come out, again, really strong in this one. And I think, you know, they, they kind of stick it to the Pride, but it'll be interesting to see who wins this matchup because it's hard to beat teams twice in a season, so... I don't know who will get the edge by winning this game, but uh, I'm going to go with Brave in this one. Yeah, and, and you know it'll be interesting to see if teams hold back some some of their game plans since they obviously already know they'll be playing uh, the week after. So it'll be interesting to see um, a really strong battle between Sammy Joe Tracy and Marie McCool at the Draw Control X. So I'm excited to watch this one and going forward as well. No, absolutely. And then going off of that, the fight will take on the fire. The fight, you know, they already have the top seed locked out. The fire have no way of making the playoffs. Um, so, Adam, who are you picking in this one? As much as I'd like to take the fire in this one, I don't think I can um, go against the fight. I picked them at the beginning of the season to win the, the WPLL championship, and I'm going to continue to do so. They are too strong on offense, defense, and cage for them to lose this one. Yeah, I'm actually going to go fire just based on motivation. You have a fight that, you know, they already got the top seed locked up. I don't think they're going to rest any of their players. You know, I think they're all going to, you know, come out and play and, you know, make sure they're at least in a groove going into the championship weekend. But I think the fire are probably disappointed with how this season's gone. Uh, you know, they don't want to go winless. They're going to have a lot more on the line than I think the fight will. And so I think they're really going to take it to them. Um, and I'm going to have the fire come out on top in a close one in this one. So those are our game picks. Uh, that wraps up our podcast. Send us any questions that you guys have. Tweet at us at ProLacrosseTalk. DM us on Instagram or you know, email us at ProLacrosseTalk at gmail.com. We also have our website, ProLacrosseTalk.com. Uh, a lot of great content that we have up there, whether it's recaps, uh, game previews, or even some fun articles like we did with the, you know, the future PLL expansion team ideas. Um, you know, we, we try to have fun on the website, so let us know what you think. Additionally... We are on Stitcher and Spotify, as well as iTunes, and every major podcast channel. So please, you know, follow us, subscribe, give us a review. Uh, let us know, you know, how we're doing. Uh, we love your feedback. Give us five stars if you guys like it. If not, you know, feel free to reach out to us and, and let us know what, what we can improve upon. Be on the lookout for our podcast next week as well, because, Adam, we have a big, big guest coming on our show next week. Uh, do you want to tell him who it is? None other than Captain America himself, Tommy Schreiber. Tom Schreiber is coming on our podcast uh, following our All-Star break coverage. So looking forward to talking to him about how the PLL season's going, um, you know, as well as you know, his past career with uh, Princeton um, and Team USA. So really excited to have Tom on the podcast. We appreciate him coming on the show. 
Um, so be on the lookout for that podcast episode next week. Um, so that brings us to the end of our podcast. We now have overtime. Adam, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? I think it has to be the, the PLL All-Star game. We haven't seen one of these before, and I, I think they're going to pull out all the stops for, for the game in L.A., so I'm really excited to see what type of experience they put on for the All-Star game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going PLL All-Star game as well, but I'm actually more excited about the skills competition that's going to be on NBC Gold. They have a really interesting group, you know, like the fastest shot competition. It's not just, you know, attackman middies. Uh, you have Jared Newman, a defender who's actually going to participate, and a goalie, Blaze Reardon, is also participating in the fastest shot competition. Now, I'm not sure if Blaze is going to use a goalie stick or not, um, so that's kind of going to have a bit of an impact on his success in the competition, but uh, you can kind of tell they're really trying to have fun with this. Um, you know, it's supposed to be a fun weekend, and, you know, I think the players are really enjoying it as well. So it'll be a nice change of pace from the fierce competition we've seen from the PLL so far. So really looking forward to this all-star game and skills competition this weekend as well. Um, but that wraps up Episode 7. Thank you guys for listening, and we hope you tune in to next week for Pro Lacrosse Talk.